Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When apples will grow in November When blossoms develop from each tree When leaves are still green in December It's then that our land will be free I Still through my sorrow I see A land that is never known for freedom And only our rivers run free I drink to the death of a manhood Those men who would have died And to live in a cold chains of bondage Spring back our rights once the night where are you now when we need you what burns where the flame used to be I like the snows the last winter Only our rivers run free. How sweet is a life of word I am. How gentle ones are signs. How fragrant the rose. But it's dying 
is my name is Ryan Clifford and this is a Celtic Now and for our podcast and that was Sean Philbin on the guitar. Sean, how are you mate? All right Ryan, how's it going mate? Brilliant mate, thanks for the song there mate, superb. No and problem. we're also joined by Robert Boyle once again. Robert, how are you doing mate? Great Ryan, thank you. Superb again Sean, brilliant. Cheers mate. And we're also joined by a new guest of panel, Chloe. Chloe, how are you? Thank you, how are you? Uh, yeah, well, not bad. That's Friday night, so it's another good podcast. Obviously, it's regarding the Glasgow Derby and Sunday against Rangers. Um, obviously, coach, your first time on. Um, just can I get your obviously Celtic thoughts? How did you actually start to become a Celtic fan? Um, how was it? Was it family or was it just kind of took upon yourself to be a Celtic fan? Yeah, my dad supports Celtic, um, and his side of the family all supports Celtic, so it just stemmed from that, really. From my dad, he's the biggest Celtic fan apart from me. <laughs> I, think, I think that's and it, Robert. It's and Sean. It's it's kind of ingrained for you. Most of the time, you can just take it upon yourself, and you see your family doing it, and it's just something you once you're in that type of type, type of atmosphere, that's you for the rest of your life. Definitely, right. Definitely. Um, uh, it's just. I think that's just how we all grew up in it, supporting Celtic and families and. Then when you start going to the games, it's just natural that just you fall in love with it. It's obviously yourself, Sean. You're, you're singing in the bars and stuff, so you're obviously a massive Celtic fan yourself. It's obviously engraved on you as well since you were a young, a young boy. Definitely, mate. It's just it's what you grew up with, isn't it? It's just your, your life from, from, a, from a very young age. And it's obviously something that's... Still ways and now, and I know we're going through a bit of a tough time, but hopefully better days are coming with a new manager coming. Hopefully, get announced soon. Um, but obviously, Chloe, what's been your kind of earliest memory of a Celtic fan? My earliest memory of being a Celtic fan is probably just my granny and granda always playing the rebel songs and the Celtic songs around the house, um, and always cutting about with a Celtic top on or the house having Celtic flags around it um, and then my dad taking me to the Celtic games and stuff so it's always been a part of my life. And how is, uh, how is that for you when it's Celtic Park for the first time? I can't even remember the first time I went to Celtic Park I was that wee but yeah it's just my favourite place in the world as I'm sure it is for lots of Celtic fans everywhere. I think it's obviously Robert, Sean, it's something that we've missed. Obviously, we can't go to the games and it kind of makes you realise how much maybe the club does mean to you. 
definitely, Ryan. Um, it's called paradise for a reason, isn't it? Because it brings you so much joy. It brings you a bit of heartache, but more joy than heartache. Um, I see just, it sounds mad, but you watch videos of European games and even league games, and you feel a bit emotional because you've not been there in a while. You feel it, it's like a part of your life, it's been took away. But hopefully with the vaccine and everything else and we're seeing daylight at the end of the tunnel, we can all get back to it. And I think I'll never complain about playing Morton or something in the cup ever again. Just to get back to Celtic Park, you would play Albion Rovers. I think it would be full out there now. Hi, it's definitely... We're all missing it, Sean, and obviously you've seen do a lot of music as well, so you've been obviously missing playing in the bars and stuff and being around the fans. It's just, as Robert says, hopefully better days are coming. Aye, definitely. It's just uh, obviously where the world is now. It's difficult, it, different being obviously the, the buzz on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or even a midweek game. And, you know, but it's tough really trying to get in just realise how much you miss it and just trying to get up for games and stuff like that because you're not you're, you're just it's, it's, get, it becomes just boring watching the house it's not boring but you know what I mean it just becomes like it's not the same feeling watching it in the house as it is watching it in a stadium full of full of your own people do you know what I mean fighting with guys in front you know that Rab as you've experienced me doing that for a few times <laughs> some dodgy comments getting flung about aren't there exactly <laughs> Uh, it's, it's something I think hopefully we'll get back into the stadium soon, especially European games and on. I know we've not done well in Europe, but that's the games you miss. It's the games you always look forward to. And obviously, Rangers games we can't go to. So you'll get frustrated this season, but we're not really doing well and obviously we've lost the league. So it's very frustrating for us all. And obviously, Chloe, um, following Celtic, you've obviously been in a lot, been a lot of games and stuff. How's, how are always talking about away games? Has there been any away game, in particular away trips in particular, yourself that you've been to? And you, something you'll never really forget? The most unforgettable one for me would be Copenhagen last year. Um, it was the most eventful, shall we say. Um, but yeah, ended up having a great time and I met a lot of really lovely people that I still talk to today, so made a lot of friends on that trip. Um, and yeah, unforgettable memories. I think that's the thing we spoke about it in the last podcast with Robert, but I think you'll agree with it as well, Chloe, that you meet people when you go abroad with Celtic that you might never meet again, and it's just wrong to meet new people that support the same team as you and just get a fantastic time away. Yeah, that's something I love about supporting Celtic and going to the games and stuff, is you get to meet people from all walks of life, young and old, who become friends, um, and I just love talking to people, especially about Celtic, so... It's great. I, as we be can echo that, Robert, it? it's yep, it's the fact we can't go. You're missing me. You're throwing yourself, as you said, you're throwing yourself when you saw goals. You're kissing the guy next to you, the woman next to you. It's just total, especially abroad when you score away from home and abroad. We, we don't date too often. So when we did date and we went abroad, it's brilliant memories. Hi, the only time we do went abroad, Rome. Um, well, obviously we've won a couple of times and electing that. Um, but I, it's as Chloe says, you meet people from all walks of life and all countries in the world: France, Spain, Italy, Germany. It's phenomenal, and you're like, wow, how do they? They've got all the clubs in the world to choose from. They choose to support Celtic. It's incredible. It's just as Chloe says, it's like 
it's like a three-day party or two-day party when you go to these trips. I mean, the memories will last your full life. It's just incredible today. And even in away games in Scotland, I mean, it's brilliant. I just think for and Celtic as a whole, whether it be home games or away games, I just, I think it's a, a buzz that you'll, you'll not get anything else. Like, obviously, football is that buzz, but for and Celtic, I feel it's like a drug. The more you do it, the more you want it. That's the way I feel it. And I uh, just can't get enough. And it's been hard not being able to go to the football, but hopefully better times will just run the corner. You're obviously saying it's half as we can go. And obviously, Sean, it's a big game for us personally. It's a big game. It's Sunday to try and stop Rangers for getting unbeaten and whatever else. And basically get three points on the board against them this season. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on Sunday's game? Obviously, the lineup, maybe Forrest, maybe back in. Um, I just think we need to be a bit more positive on Sunday. And definitely. Um, I'm no, I'm no, to be honest, I've got no, no positive at all. It's just like you're desperate for them to do well just now. But I think going into the last uh, Rangers game at New Year, like the team were flying at that point in time. Like they had Tumble was playing well, Saul was doing well. We had we were we were, we were playing a solid camp. A cut us all performances in a row, and you you went there about the game a bit of confidence, but you're getting this game over on Sunday. Like you're not, you don't know what to expect now. Obviously, we, you've had a couple of weeks off, and it's giving Kendi maybe a chance to to kind of put more of his ideas across. Because obviously, you've seen the last game they went with the four two three one again rather than the diamond. I don't particularly think the diamond works anyway, but um, I think that the four two three one definitely does. But I think having Forrest back, as you say, like, I would have him in the team every day of the week now and be Christy out. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was to drop Tumbone on Sunday and play Christy behind the striker and, and play Forrest in there just for like, the experience of the, of the game, basically. But you just don't know what to expect yourself to now. Like, they've just been... Everything you, you think, oh, that's it, you can't get any worse. And then... I'd love to say, I'd love to... Sitting here confidently say we're going to get an absolutely scale them, but I'm just not that, just not confident at all. Because I agree when it comes to obviously this season, Tumbo's been a scapegoat when it comes to subs, and I just don't know. I, I, I personally think Celtic need to be careful with him because if he continues the rest of the year, the rest of the year he makes it easy to get me out of here. Because you is, can see, Ryan, that he doesn't, he struggles like after 60 minutes, he falls out the game, he struggles with fitness. Like you can see right away, like he just, he just tends to. And I drift out a game. Similar to what Rogic does. Mm-hmm. Rogic gets to that 60, 70 minute mark and then just completely falls out the game, like if not before then. So Tumble Tumble is, is the same. So he can't really have any mostly complaints, but like he's he's going along that way. I don't think the team in general has been fit enough this season anyway, and maybe that's just a factor. Um like a part of that kind of bigger issue. But um as I said, it wouldn't surprise me to see. Tumble drop out. I do think he's he's probably the one player on the team with a bit of craft and a bit of guile to pick a pass and and to score for distance as well. Look, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Forrest in and, and Tumble out for, for Christie in the middle of the park. I totally agree when it comes to Forrest. I think I've I've said before that I um I used to be a big kind of critic him defensively. I didn't do enough, but he starts telling me that I'm I'm maybe I'm near it because um, he's. His contribution to the team is phenomenal. His goals, assists, and this season just proves Chloe that we've really missed him because we've, we've been there with a tall season. I think 
there's been something missing throughout the season and it's hard to put your finger on at times what it is, whether it's confidence within the team or certain players lacking in fitness and things. Um, hopefully, hopefully better days are ahead, but I don't know. Don't know about Sunday anyway. It's, it's been up and all season, but I'm, I'm maybe... Maybe I'm deluded, but I'm always confident in Rangers games. I just think you've always got to be as much as we know we're doing well. I just think well, we've got to do what we've done in the last game, front foot, just because they were tired after Thursday's game. I'm, so we've been fresh. We've had a week or 10 days of, to be able to work on stuff. I think we just need to take them for the front foot and just take the game to them because, and be more clinical, because a game against Rangers Ibrox, the last game, Clinical, apart from the league of MSC's save McGregor, we didn't really put our chances away. No, we didn't. But the young boy Nathan Patterson, target him. The first whistle got him. He's not that great. They're trying to break him out to be the new Kieran Tierney. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do, right? The boy's all right, but for what I've seen him, he can be got at. He's no, he's not that great shakes. I would target his line right away, just to see how he's going to cope with the occasion. Because I don't think Tavernier's fit, is he? I've not a clue. Um, I would you definitely... know, like a winger on that side, but that's a problem, Rab, like, unless you play El Yunusi out there and he's hot. Do you know what I mean? I know. But surely a guy who has experience should be hinting to say, I'm coming up against a young boy, 18, 19. I've got to, I would just, if I was Kennedy, I'd say, take him a few times, whether it's Greg Taylor Laxell, two years get down that line and get him just to see what he's, going, what he's made of. Because it's a big game. For a young boy coming in, eh? all right, they've won the league a wee bit pressure. Nah, there's no pressure on Celtic. Maybe Celtic, the pressure has waved on Celtic this season, I don't know. Or a million factors on Celtic this season, but I just feel we're going into that game under no a lot of pressure. I we need to try and stop them from going on an unbeaten run all season, but I just feel, I don't know, I just feel they're not a great team. As much as They've won the league at a canter that. We've mm. been poor. But the last game proved they're no great shakes. If you go at them and attack them, they can they can get up and go at it. But obviously, we need to try and score an early goal because the last time when we went for them, I felt the sisters like early and went, well, this mob are here to do us. Let's just sit in a shape. And they're hard to break down if you let them into their shape. And That's all they do all the time, but Rob. Aye. But if you score an early goal, then you can question them. But then the wings, I always feel doing the wings is where you'll be able to get at them and it's just where we play the right team or the right formation or the players turn up in it. That's that's a problem. See, when you think about it, like we've went this whole season without any width in the team. The minute Forrest get injured, like mm-hmm. Mikey Johnson doesn't really cut it for me. Like, he's good enough. He's got all right, but he's just a bit too much of a sand dancer for me. But I just can never understand why the ref never went and bought a winner. Even oh, like can... Even like that boy, he's not like beyond end, but that boy Boyle for Hibs, it's a stopgap. Just couldn't get somebody like that to, to give you a bit of width in the team and to drag players all about the place or that and the opposing team. But I just couldn't, that's probably why they end up setting in that diamond formation because they don't, they, don't, they don't have any players to play there. I know. The that's the word. It's crazy, man. You're right, Sean. That's, it's killed us, and that's how all these wee compact teams manage to get points off is because. You can't break through the middle against eight and nine players. That's exactly. 
they're going like triangle wide because you'll not come through the middle and self-attack, keep going through the middle with a diamond, as you uh-huh. say. Didn't they work? Didn't they work? Overcrowded. I think it's, I totally agree with you, Sean, when it comes to the width. Um, how we did not sign a winger in January was it's criminal. Um, we knew that he was going to be out for a, a while yet. And, and even Mikey Johnson, even when he's been fit, he's not really been playing. So if, to, me, that, to me, that tells me that he's not good enough. Um, I, I'm not his big, biggest fan either, Sean. Um, maybe against his hammer and some money might do you, but I don't think he's going to... Take his to the next level. Um, I don't know what you think of that, Chloe, but I think wingers-wise, we need to improve big time because we can't keep relying on Forrest to come in and basically do the business. Usually expect Celtic to do much when it comes to a transfer window. Unfortunately, they just don't ever seem to get the players in that we need. They don't ever seem to get in any real quality or that. Um, I feel like the defence is something that needs improved as well and just, yeah, just agree with everything you are saying. When it comes to defence, I, I, I think that's going to be a major rebuild um, in, the, in the summer because we don't know if Ayer's going to leave or stay. John Joe Kenny's probably going to go back to Everton. Laxalt's going to go back. It's just Shane Duffy's going to go back. So we're going to be missing a lot of defense, uh, defenders and I agree with Chloe that I think... <laughs> We need to hopefully whoever comes in is with Dominic McKay. He's got a lot to think about when it comes to rebuilding, especially defence, because it's going to be it's one of the major things in football. If you've not got a good defence, then the rest of your team kind of goes the same way and it doesn't really the core, it just isn't there. I think it goes further than that. Like, Ryan, there's, a, there's going to be a massive rebuild needed this summer. Like, when you think to yourself, like, one of the three goalkeepers is going to go away, then you're going to get rid of well, Frimpong's already away, Ralston isn't good enough, Hammond's already away, Duffy will be away, potentially Beaton, potentially Ayer, Laxal, like, then you've got guys like Brown going to retire, Christie wants away, apparently Eddie wants away, is Griffiths, is he, is he good enough? Not sure, El Eunice will be away. Like there's, there's, there's just so much. It's, it's mental. You could, I think, I counted it. Fifteen or sixteen players that you think like, like guys like Abbey and Bailey, eh, the boy Harper that's left. They're, they're, they're apparently coming through. Seeing about young players and that we that we lose. And like, I mean, that's that. You think that's fifteen potentially fifteen players you're going to lose this summer? It's, it's mental. You forgot the best player of them all, Andre Gutman, <laughs> <laughs> American. Never seen him play. He's just left. That must have been green cards they were looking for there. Uh, so sponsored by green cards. Remember, he was in trial with Rangers before he signed for us. Uh, wild, mate. I, honestly, that's got to be the most strangest signing ever. Never even played a game. But the fact was, there any work permits to play anyway? Nah, they couldn't get work permits, eh? So, why, why, why sign him in the first place? It's absolutely, again, as we spoke about all year, though, but just negligence for the transfer and the recruitment. They've just it's been it's been poor. The fact you've signed a guy paid on wages for what two or three years and he's not kicked the ball. I just I don't get unless they had like tried to develop them and sell them in the American market, I don't know. I really don't I think know that's probably it, man. Try to the American market. Aye. Um and try to obviously I because I've got like feeder clubs and all that earlier, haven't they? Like mm. 
ones in obviously the second division in America that they kind of uh, say, I oh, will show you how to train players and do things if any top talent you can take. But you've seen that with about a million clubs over the years. Yeah. I've yet to see one player come to us and that was a great link up with him. Um, very, very strange. Um, I feel for John Park left, as I say, a million times, Ryan, that I don't think the recruitment's been very good at all. I feel we've signed far too many projects and you only get enjoy a one or two. Um, the projects outweigh the one or two diamonds that we seem to pull out, but that's just typical Celtic. But I hope with Dominic Mackay, we go in a new direction and we don't just sign squad players, we sign players ready-made to come in and make an impact at us. I feel that's why we're no progressing in Europe as well, because we're signing too many squad players. Definitely. No, that's something we definitely need to do better. Signing guys who, as you say, projects, I think next year, I think going next year, it's got to be guys that are going to come in and play right away, because next year, there's going to be no time for projects. I would have said that this season was the time where we didn't have the time to be spending on things and players like that, wasting time essentially. Um, but I mean, all they can do is they're going to need to build for the ground up by the sounds of it. When you add up all the players, like Sean said, that are probably going to leave, going to be away back to their own clubs and things that are on loan, um, it doesn't leave you with much to, to count on. Because obviously there's going to be maybe a lot of, hopefully, a lot of money can then, hopefully, for transfers. Um, so when it comes to a rebuild, you like to think they're already marking out players that come in. Which I think has got to be, <laughs> I don't know, but it's got to be something that should be in place and who would want McKay. Definitely, Ryan. I'm hoping there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes um, at Celtic, but we don't know, do we? It's very, very silent at the moment in time. But here's hoping that in the next couple of weeks there's a lot of announcements getting made and a lot of work that's been going on in the background that we just don't know about yet. Exactly. Because I think it's because obviously obviously Sean, when it comes to the, the manager situation, it's obviously it's all here saying rumours, but I think the fans need to we need to be told soon because the longer it's left the lurch, you know yourself that fans are like the longer they'll know where to go, they'll know where to get season books. It's just it's a very tough time and they've got to get it right because if we don't get it right, it could be major, major disaster for us. Yeah, I think the board must know that that there's obviously a bit of apathy towards, well, more than a bit of apathy, but like a lot of people are fucking really disgruntled with what happened last year, um, or what happened this season, sorry. And, I mean, the banners and the, 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 the only thing you really took to take a look at social media before you even look at the banners and, the statements for various fans and fan groups, it's it's mental. Like the board have got to get themselves a bit more in touch with the, with the fan base. That's just sort of touching. I think that making the right appointment now will, will, will help them big time. But if they make their own decision, like yeah, it's probably it's probably like the biggest opportunity or the biggest decision they've had they've got to make or they've had to make in a long, long, long time. Like potentially, like. They really want something that's going to raise the standards again, like Rogers did, and make no mistake about it. Like Gerard, as much as I can't go the guy, he's raised the, he's raised the standards earlier, and Rogers raised their standards, and then we've just let them slip back again. But 
having Lennon in, in charge, like a, a, complete, a complete yes man. So all these people talk about now, like that guy Derek Ray, who was the who used to commentate in BT Sport, I think he still does commentate in BT Sport with German games now. Like I was, he was tweeting a couple of things about basically talking about Jesse Marsh and how the, the kind of German way of running football clubs with the kind of the structure, and that's what a lot of these kind of continental young managers are looking for now, a, a structure in place where they've got a technical director and someone to manage that side of things and then they're just basically a coach. I think that's obviously what maybe Celtic are looking to get in with all these rumours of the guy from Man City and the guy from Juventus and, and stuff like that. So I think it's the biggest decision they've had in a long, long time. But you just don't know what, what's going through the board's head. Are they going to just go for a manager again? Are they going to go for a technical director and coach? Are they going to try and become more kind of European to try and get a bit more success like with a, with a kind of more progressive young manager? Like, you'll end up with somebody like Roy Keane or Mick McCarthy. Or, do you know what I mean? That's who you'll probably end up with and you'll get your, your hopes off. I mean, when, when they gave Lennon the job after he was expecting the rumours about Rafa Benitez and Davy Moyes flying about, and you get Lennon appointed in the showers, look. Like, I should have said it's just I mean how many times recently have you been disappointed think you're going to get something somebody good and you end up with oh. Aye, fingers crossed just they make the right the right decision now and we can all be it just gives the fans a lift do you know what I mean and that's what the fans really need to know something positive to look on I think obviously <laughs> as we say is the fans were disappointed what we spoke about all year though but what's Lenin been saying very disappointed very disappointed Dan might be disappointed, and if we don't get something sorted soon, we'll not be disappointed, we'll be more than that. Aye, be a very angry support again. But it's, I mean, let's be honest, we've outsold the Adidas season book uh, strips. They sold out record, the fifth largest um, Adidas, fifth largest sales um, of strips that year worldwide. Um, they sold out in the Celtic shop. They had to order new stuff in. They sold 55,000 season books, the most they've ever sold. The fans done their part. The board let us down. I, I get a lot of signings didn't work out, but we should have been prepared in a lot better way as in top targets and just under. As I've already spoken about, Ryan, the rumours was Tony was in the building and we managed oh. to fuck up the deal, same as the John McGinn. How can you have somebody in a building ready to sign and manage the deal collapses? To me, that's just total bad management um, for the club and penny pinching because look at the boy Tony's doing now. He's banging them in in the championship. I've lost count of the amount of goals over 23, 24 now and so many assists. So I don't even want to look at what he's scoring now because it just makes me sick. Um, but... Things like that, if we identified him, we should have just made sure what we had to pay next a million, next a half a million to get the guy in. Just that one needs to change because there's so many things. Um, I get told off a friend of mine that James McCarthy, um, was when he was with Hamilton, he was running at Celtic, asked him to run his contact in and they would sign him. Peter Lowell's mate had a meeting with him and said they would sign him, but he had to run his contact in with Hamilton. Come on, that's poor, isn't it? And uh, obviously Hamilton accepted an offer of uh, Wigan or whatever it was when they went there. But Peter Lawley was met had a, a meeting with James McCarthy at his first and said, uh, aye, if you're on your contact, then we'll sign you. That's, that's just but that's, poor. That's something that doesn't surprise us, Robert. I think it's been uh, 
the recent recruitment, it's really surprises. Um, obviously, the recruitment this season, Cody's been poor. What's your kind of thoughts on the recruitment side of Celtic recently? Said it's been poor, um, and it seems as well that like the youth section of the club seems to be going downhill as well. I think a lot of them are leaving and will probably want to leave as well as players within the first team. So it's not even as if we've got any of the players to maybe fall back on or to bring into the first team. I know that Lennon had brought Stephen Welsh into the first team and he seemed to have been doing great and things, but I think there was a real lack of giving the younger players a bit more of a chance, especially when we're playing so badly anyway, like you've got nothing to lose, do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I think we've me personally, I'm a big I'm a big advocate for getting good players involved. Obviously, certain times of the season you can bleed them in, you give them maybe 15 minutes, 10 minutes, you give them experiences and like you're talking about there with the youth, maybe players want to go away. The young boy Dembele, we don't know what it is, why he's not been given more time. Is it his attitude? Is it he's not good enough? Or is it because it was learning and didn't want to play? We don't know. But guys like Dembele, etc., Corey, who have been higher thought of, are not even getting in the squad, then you're thinking, is, what, what is happening at Celtic's youth system? Yeah, I know it's a question that remains unanswered. I think a lot of Celtic fans are wondering what had actually been going on. Um, and when we have seen young Dembele playing, he, he seemed like a, a bit of a star, an upcoming star, and a lot of Celtic fans want to see more of him, and we've just been denied that for some reason, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors. But I think they should have been given a bit more of a chance, otherwise it gets to the stage where they're, right, they're like, well, we're going to go elsewhere or whatever, you know? Obviously, you mentioned the boy Harper's away as well now, Sean. It's, and then there's a young goalkeeper now saying he's, he's maybe want to go away. He's only 17, though, but the first team he's want to go elsewhere. You're thinking, what, what's the attraction at Celtic now? Is it because the manager's away and there's, there's no structure? As you say, that's why the Germans, the Germans have all got a structure. Even down south now, Man City, they've all got a structure. They're used up to the first team. And it's something that we need to, for me... It's got to change. It's, we've got to modernise the way we work our football club. You look at um, the boy, the goalkeeper that left us for a couple of weeks ago and went to, or a couple of months ago and went to Liverpool. And he was on the bench last week or a couple of weeks ago. Like, guy, I mean, and also they've got, they've got injuries, but he's getting a chance. We played, we played uh, Lille at home and a boy Henderson I thought was brilliant that night. Nah, and, where, where, where's he been since? Where's he been seen since? Nah. I agree with you, Sean. It's they crazy. It's, it's, it's mental. Mikey Johnson, like that night, he got injured. I know he was he was supposed to get warmed up. He warmed up. They came on. He got injured, and then he's taken off again. And he's got up the tunnel. And then he goes at him. Fuck off. But mm-hmm. like, I'm. Yeah. What sort of young player wants to work for a guy like that? Like, and then you made the point there about, about Stephen Wells, Chloe. Like, I, I think he was pretty. He brought in a desperation more than anything else because there, were, there wasn't there was they needed a centre half and they had nobody else. But I just think that the whole the, the youth development just went down an absolute. I mean, you're supposed to have this fantastic Lennox Town facility and you don't you got all these guys that want to leave it. Boy Hepburn that went away to uh, Bayern Munich, a boy Morrison's away to Bayern Munich. It's just it's mental. It was, but we're just 
no giving these boys a chance and they're, they're, see, they're seeing all these boys from England going abroad to Germany and getting a chance right away and, and flying over there. Whereas we've get, we'd get guys that we can we could playing absolutely shite but still guaranteed a game the next week. Uh, it's, it's, it's laughable sometimes when you see these guys leaving Celtic and then a few few months later, as you say, their own top team's benches and you're thinking, but they can't even on the bench against Hamilton. And at Robert, you're thinking, what is actually going on? Is it, is it, is it maybe Celtic's part, but no what to put them on early doors so they don't get picked up early doors? I don't know what it is, but it's got to change. I don't know if it's down to a lot of young boys are just greedy for money and stuff now, um, because these big clubs come calling, they're scared to leave. I don't know. Or as you say, if Rogers left, the structure of the club isn't the same. It's Obviously, but try to fit square pegs into round holes type of thing because everything's just no right through the club. Um, if you tap the bottom, there should be a structure in place, as we've spoke about a million times. Um, there should be a pathway to the first team. And obviously, a lot of these young boys don't see that now. Um, they don't see the club in a structured way for them to maybe get a chance or even to... I mean, managers changing every two and three years doesn't help young boys coming through either. The youth managers are changing quite regularly as well, so maybe that's, they don't like the way it's set up. Like, Steve McManus coming in, for John Kennedy coming in, to Damien and Duff coming in, and then moving up to the first team. It's a lot of changes, you know what I mean? They need to have somebody in that structure or a director of football that has that way they can score, right, this is how we're going to develop it, right through to the first team. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with these young boys, but there seems to be a lot of them leaving, as I say, one to Man City, two to Bayern Munich, one to Liverpool. We shouldn't be losing all that top talent so early. And as um, Sean says, the young boy that went to Liverpool was on the bench. And maybe just even to have him on the bench might have been what he was looking for at Celtic, just mm. a chance. Or train with the first team, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't getting to train with the first team. Maybe some of the young boys aren't getting to train with the first team there. Maybe that's the problem. We don't know. Maybe it wasn't Neil Lennon. We don't know. We just we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, as we say. Is it Celtic? It's very, very strange. But hopefully, with everything that's coming in, it's, we're going to change and we're going to see a structure put in place at the club. Uh, I hope so, mate, because it's, it's going to change. Because um, obviously... We obviously the Brexit happening and stuff, we might actually need to. I don't know, Indian outside the Brexit transfers, but we actually might need to bleed through our own youth and sell our own youth talent to make more money. And I think we need to start doing that. I think obviously, Kieran Tierney and, and McGee did maybe the last two that went for decent money. Um, off, off the top of my head, um, but I just think I don't know what you think it is, well, Chloe, that I just think the youths we've got to start putting them in because. If we're going to make money on our talent, we've got to start getting them in so they get experience, so we can sell them on as well. Yeah, I think we need to showcase them. If that's if that's the plan, like you said, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't know, but at least give them a bit more experience and a bit more game time here and there. I think it would help. I think it would help as well, uh, Sean. I think it would actually help the experience points as well. To have a bit of youth and a bit of freshness in the team and training. I think that's a big thing for the team just now. I mean, it's the same players that we've gone the well for us for 
four years. I mean, you think to yourself, Brown, McGregor, like I have been a few in there for a few years, like Edward, Griffiths, Christy, Forrest. A lot of the team, a lot of the, the kind of core, like the spine of the team is the same. Like, and you're not really changing, mixing it up week in, week out. Just, you, I mean, I don't like Harden back to the Huns, but they take one player out of their team, two players out of their team. Every week they're changing their team and you don't notice a difference. The players come in there, they're so well drilled. Every single player, Mark, never mind if he's a sub or he's a starter, knows a, knows a position in the team. What if they do? How if they do it? When if they press? When if they sit? What parts of the ground they part of the cover? Like, they're so well when drilled. They players. Exactly. Who they come out of salt on. Uh. Um, but we've got the same players in the team who sometimes look lost. And something, but we don't, we don't freshen it up. We don't bring in a Ewan Henderson or a Dembele or an Uncle Flex or somebody in the middle of the park to give the guys like McGregor or Brown. I mean, Sorrow was absolutely flying for months there, right. having a lot of good games and we're not been seen since. Look at O'Connell, seen he's wearing Lotus to Queen's Park. I mean, what is the point of buying that boy? I know. Brains with the first team every day and doesn't even get on the bench. See what I found strange for that is. He was playing with Bolton in the championship and then now he's playing the Celtic to shoot development squad. But he's leaving it on the bench. Player. He was Bolton's best player. They were raging when they left. Uh-huh. When he left. Raging. He's not been on the... He's never been... I don't think he's been on the bench. Look, that yeah. season anyway. Or not for the last few while anyway. Like, I can remember. Like. That's very strange, isn't it? It's strange. It's fair. Do you want a, a song? Do you want to try to a song? I know you're a busy man, Sean. Um... Give a wee song to yourself out, mate. Um, ah, he's on. Um, hopefully, next time I speak to you, mate, it'll be three pots on Sunday. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much for having me on, lads. Sorry, I've got to take dive away. Got him all up, but no, appreciate right, it, mate. Finish with a wee, a wee hymn. Seen it since St Patrick's Day on Wednesday there, so he'll go there, St Patrick. Hope your team wins on Sunday. Hail glorious Saint Patrick, dear saints of our isle, as thy poor children bestow our sweet smile, and that at your high in your mansions above, on Erin's green valley. Look down in thy love. Thy people now exiles of many a shore shall love and revere you till time be no more. And a fire as kindled shall ever burn bright. His warmth undiminished, undying its light. God bless and defend the sweet land of above, but a shamrock still blooms as we were on earth, and our hearts shall yet burn. Wherever we rule, for God and St. Patrick and our native home. 
Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Right, Sean, thanks, thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, Jail, mate. Jail, Jail, Jail. Cheers. Well, obviously, Coy, um, the game is Sunday. Um, what's your, your opinions, obviously, as I said, Sean, the line-up, um, obviously, for the last game? Um, we were very, very good until, obviously, Beaton got sent off. Um, do you think we need to do anything different in particular? Or do you just think we need to start the game strong and finish our chances? Just hopefully start the game strong, man. Like, please. <laughs> um, and, yeah, create as many chances as possible. That's something that annoys me about Celtic sometimes is that you'll only maybe have one or two players who'll create a chance and, like, actually do something with the ball. Um, I think a lot of the time there's a lot of sitting back, waiting about, passing it back and forth to each other between the back four or however many there is. There's just a lot of time waste in my Celtic sometimes so I think just attack to be honest we've got nothing to lose at this point have we so No that's true definitely um, the only thing we've got today is I think it's, there's a lot of there's probably more motivation for us Robert, than there is Rangers because as Sean says the league's won um, we just need to go and as John Kennedy says just to, to let people know we're still here we're still you're still a threat to people in this league? 100% Ryan. I mean, I think the players owe us it, to be honest with you. I feel um, how the seasons went, they really, really owe us it. And I think, honestly, I, I don't, I, I'm confident enough we'll beat them. <laughs> I know you say that every time you play them, but I just feel that we'll get joy in the wings if we play with a 4-2-3-1. I don't feel I feel they'll be ready for the diamond if that's what they'll probably think they'll we'll go diamond because we had a lot of joy against them last time. But we didn't really have a lot of joy if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um we kinda went compact and hit made us made ourselves hard to break down and we didn't get enough joy at it. So we're at home, we're Celtic, we own our best attack, uh, best defence is attack, let's be honest. That's the only way we, we know Celtic because we're not good at defending, so I would just go for the jugular, right, for the first whistle. Go for them and just go a 4-2-3-1. Try and get Forrest on one wing and try and get Elanusio on the other wing and get the wing-backs pushing high up to support them. Put Rangers on the back foot. Don't let Rangers get into a rhythm of their game. Don't let them get into a passing. I, I don't want to see a Celtic player two or three yards off a Rangers player. Don't give them time to settle on the ball. Let's be honest. If you give them time to settle, they'll knock the ball about you and they'll enjoy the game. And We've done it too many times previously. Let Rangers get into their rhythm and then when the day they became the better team and won, 
the last few times at Celtic Park, we've been really disappointed against them. So I want to see a bit of aggression on a play tomorrow. I want to see he's gone for the jugular, as Chloe said. He was it, let's be honest. Aye, we've, we've, we've definitely got to... We've got to go out attack, as I agree with Therese. Um, nothing to lose. Basically, go the exact same thing we did the last game, but score. And I totally agree with you, Robert, and I think Chloe was agreeing with me as well, Chloe, that the fans owes a big performance. Uh, sorry, the players owes a big owes a big performance. Yeah, definitely. Like they've let us down big time this season. Um as a club, not just the players. Um and yeah, I think it would it would give the fans something to look forward to in a sense because we could build off of that and we would at least know that we've still got some kind of presence especially against Rangers who have been very dominating against us and every other team in the league this season um, and yeah I just think we should attack go for the jugular like Robert said I, I don't like Robert I don't want to see Celtic players giving any Rangers players the time to do anything I want them on their backs I want tackles made, I want the ball took off them if they end up with it, but hopefully not too much. So I think something that we've been missing in the last few games against Rangers is a bit of physicality. Um, I don't think, I think your team's all technically gifted players and I think Scott Brown, he's not Scott Brown anymore, so he's he's maybe not as, as fiery as he was, Robert, he's not as, he's not as much tackles as he was, and he's the only maybe leader in the part that Obviously, there's no fans, but we put in a tackle to get a reaction to get something. The team, but no, apart from Scott Brown, apart from Scott Brown, but McGregor, for me, McGregor. What about what about this one then, Ryan? You have it's a four-two-three-one. You have Brown and Sorrow as a two holding. Mm-hmm. You have Tumbo at the top there, and you have Cal McGregor at wide left, and just play him wide left to get down that wing. Because you always drift to the left anyway. And that way you've got your protection of Sorrow and Brown. Two of them with a bit of dig in the middle of the park where you win you could win the midfield. I'm not saying that's what we should do. It's just another option. And maybe take Ellen out of the equation and put McGregor down the left hand side. That way you've got your midfield solid in front of the back four. So I think it's another option. I think if you win the midfield battle, I've always said if you win the midfield battle, most times you, you do win these games and Obviously, Scott Brown is a bit older, but I still think he's maybe got a big part to play at the end of the season to try and recharge us. And I think he's still... I know what his, his opinions divide on him with the fans. Um, I don't know what your opinions are this season and obviously for this game on Sunday, uh, Chloe, but for me, I think Scott Brown's still got to play these games at least the end of the season. Yeah, I would agree with you. I feel like Scott Brown is a player that Celtic need so when he leaves we need to be looking for another Scott Brown kind of player like you said earlier the the kind of guy who's not afraid to make a tackle or go after somebody who's just hurt one of the other players or like on the fly do you know what I mean are we we bit of fire are we bit of spark in the in the middle of the park but I definitely think that Scott Brown should play yeah because obviously you're talking about like we fly digs it's what Morelos does for Rangers. And exactly. I, th- I think it's needed to an extent to create a presence. You you want the other players to 
kind of be a bit afraid to tackle you. I, I mean, if I was a footballer, I would want that. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Scott Brown has that presence that nobody ever really messes with him. And if they do, it, 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 he just retaliates, which I love about him. And I think that's why a lot of Rangers fans hate him so much, the same way that a lot of Celtic fans might dislike Morelos and players like Kenny Miller and things when he played for Rangers. So I think we need a player like that. Because obviously, I just, I don't want, I'd never tell a, a football player to hurt anybody when I played myself. I would never go and hurt somebody, but somebody's got to give Morelos an early dig to let him know he's in a game because he's... Not in a malicious way, like, mm-hmm. like you're saying, not in a malicious way and not when, like, he's not even got the ball or whatever it is, but... Um, yeah, I do think that you need a player like that who's not afraid to tackle and have a wee bit of fire in him. Because I think in these games, Robert, as you spoke about experience is a big thing. In these games, sort of, Sean has talked about as well with Forrest, having experience in these games. Experience in these games counts a lot. Um, so I think Scott Brown is still a major part, at least in the season, in these games to drive us forward and hopefully get us to three points. I feel, I feel, as I say, I'd like to see Sorrow and Brown in the same team, whether they do that or no, just because we Sorrow's good at digging as well as Brown. And I feel the modern game is lacking players like Scott Brown just because he's a dying breed, should we say. Um, fire in his belly, good in the tackle. I probably fly digs here and there. But a character as well. And I feel we have in the team... In these games, the Celtic players will be more fired up because they won't let them go onto the park with foot. Him telling them exactly what's needed and in the huddle. I don't feel with a Cal McGregor being your captain, it works as much. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying the guy doesn't try his best, but you would show more respect as a player, I would feel, if Scott Brown was giving you your team, like your huddle talk, than you would Cal McGregor. And there's no disrespect to Cal McGregor in that sense. But I feel Scott Brown probably was as a performance as well in one of these games. And I feel, I, I do quietly feel we should get a bit of business and beat them on Sunday. I think it would shut them up as well, wouldn't it? Because they were the favourites to win the Europa League just there, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other teams would be delighted with that, wouldn't they? Aye. As I seen a tweet all Man, day. Man, that must have been fucking sweating when they seen them get knocked out. Fucking thank God for that. Eh? I seen fucking. a tweet. I seen that tweet, yes. Somebody put it on yesterday. Or can't be oh, it was it was Sean's tweet. Or can't be favourites, isn't Aye. <laughs> Aye. The Barcelona 2012 team were shitting ourselves because they were that good, weren't they? <laughs> it's it's I, I I do agree with it. As much as we've won the league, you still don't want to beat after rivals. It doesn't matter how far you're you are in the league, how how much you've won if you could beat a Rangers to sell game. For a day or two, you're still a bit pissed off, and you're angry. You got your work, and you're getting slaughtered. And I don't know if you get that as well, Chloe. When after a defeat or whatever, you your phone's always ah, get up, ease this and that, and it's not a good feeling. Going getting out the next day, when your team's getting beaten the Rangers or something. Yeah, I definitely do get that. I've had like pals saying to me like, "Oh, when Chloe doesn't post anything not." after an old firm you know that Celtic have lost and all that um, and as well my mum's side of the family are all Rangers fans so I need to listen to them if Rangers win and stuff so yeah 
How's, I can relate to that. How's how is that? Obviously, with the family side in is he's half Celtic, half Rangers. He's always he's had like a wee fights, wee arguments about a banter about all the time. Um, yeah, like well, my dad's side of the family are all Irish. They're all Celtic fans. My mum's side are all Rangers fans. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like my mum isn't a Rangers fan or that. Like she'll she'll say that she's neutral and she doesn't like support any football. But if she did, it would be Celtic because she knows all the songs and stuff by this point. Because I mean, my dad. Um, but yeah, my my mum's side will definitely have something to say if Rangers win. I see. I just. I just. I just hope it's as you say, Rob. I'm kind of confident. Um, I'm always confident, as I says. Inside you're like, oh, you're nervous, but I'm always confident Celtic will, will always do the job, especially, I know, individually people say, Ryan, you, you're maybe talking shit here, but me personally, individually, I still think we're a far better team. I just think Rangers have either been good this year, but we've been very, very poor. Um, you, you can't you take away their, their stats because their clean sheet records and their wins, you can't take it away. Um, I just, I'm just annoyed that we have no put up a challenge, as you say, as Neil Lennon says, Robert, under ultimate circumstances, which will supposedly happen, but we're probably not going to find out. Um, but there's just been something, no right off season. I just hope we can give a bit of limelight, um, a bit of life this Sunday and get his three points and put in a big performance that I think they owes. Definitely, Ryan. That's, that's all you ask for. They make a great performance perform to the best of their ability and if they do that I feel we'll beat them that's simply it um, for the first whistle on our, on our game and I think if you score against them which we've not done this season you'll, you'll ask questions of them and I feel the young boy Patterson has to be go to it that's why I was saying I know McGregor or whatever now say just go to them you might not get by them once or twice but just keep going at him. I think the boy will crack under pressure. He is only a young boy. Um, I just feel that's where we can get our joy against him. And get balls in early into the box. Let Edward feed off it. You know what I mean? See all this build-up play side to side. You let them get into their shape. I'd wear working balls for 25 yards out into the box just to trouble them to see what their two centre-halves are made of because I don't feel we put them under a lot of pressure. Um, the one at Celtic Park, we certainly didn't put them under a lot of pressure. Um, I just feel that's what we need today to get the points. You know what I mean? I totally agree when it comes to the right back. Um, I think he's, I think it might be his first game against Celtic, so um, he's not going to have experience. And no matter if there's no fans or there is fans, it's still a massive game. It's still a massive. It's still a, it's still feisty. It's still one of the games. You know, it's still, there's got to be a bit of needle. Um, obviously, Coy. We'd all be saying they right back. Do you think that's something that we could get at? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we just go in with an attacking spirit. Um, and it sounds like Robert wants Patterson targeted, so hopefully we can have some some good rivalry, hopefully. Hopefully we don't just do what we've been doing all season, really, and just lying down. I hope that we put up a wee bit of a fight and... We'll see what happens. No, 100%. Because I think, as Mercedes, I think there was something because we've not had a lot of speed, uh, 
feel about all season. Um, it's been doom and gloom and a wee good performance here, good performance here, then back to square one again. I just think it's it's a big game for us to obviously stop there unbeaten one, which watching last night their game, I, I watched it last night, so I had a, had a few quads in uh, Slavia Prague, but you watch that game, Robert, and you hear Craig and then Alex Ray saying, oh, was it, was it Daryl Curry says, they've still got the Scottish Cup to go unbeaten. No, they've been beat five mate, this season now, mate. So, honestly, I watched I that game. I watched I that watch game. It, Robert, right, I'm no kidding. I don't know if they watched the game and took any knowledge or any commentary. But honestly, mate, they two are so up their ass. It was unbelievable. I'm no kidding. Stephen Craig and Alex Ray were saying that Slavia Prague won the really damn well. Rangers were attacking. Slavia Prague won the attacking. But then as soon as for the second goal, aye, they've been the best team. <laughs> just as totally... As they say, blue-tinted glasses, isn't it? Just totally went against what they've said the full game. And then he says, aye, they're very experienced. I don't know what it, I'm going to go, I did watch it. Ah. And they were saying, oh, they're very experienced players. They've, they've seen the game out. They've done well. But then half an hour before it, they were saying they weren't a very good team and only Leicester beat them. You're thinking, come on, just be honest and say, they've not been good the other two legs. They've done well all season, yes, but these two legs, criticise them. Stop, stop yeah. being all nice and dicey because we all know if that was Celtic, it'd be all, Ken, he's never going to get the job or he's never going to get this and we all do and go into papers the next day. I just think that, just be honest and say they were shit. See all this, obviously the racism thing, right? We'll go into this. Somebody's rotten and said it about the racism, right? <laughs> I get, right? Obviously, if that guy's been racially abused, then it's an absolute disgrace because I don't like racism myself. I totally think it's a disgrace. And I think Gerard comes out and screams and he's screaming that it's a disgrace. If a guy's been racially abused, then I, it's a total disgrace. We get that. But Stephen Gerard, which somebody tweeted earlier on on Twitter, Backed Luis Suarez when he called Patrice Evra a so and so. He backed him when he was with Liverpool. The supporters that goes to Ibrox every second week sing a certain few songs that we'll no need to mention up to their knees. In. Mm-hmm. And then there's obviously the rumours about the red and the soap. That's what that's meant to mean. We don't know, obviously, that. But as a football club, They've got the biggest cheek in this earth to say anybody's racist and bigots because that's what their football club was founded on, as far as I was concerned. Didn't they sign a Catholic to 1978 or whatever it was? Um, and there's a, I heard a rumour years ago where it's true or no. Um, a tea lady, the funny, a tea lady was a Catholic in the sector. No, I've heard that as well. I don't know if it's true, but I've, and I've I'll tell that. you a, a true story. When I was 12 years of age, we played at Ibrox and they couldn't announce us as St. Bridget's at half-time. The Catholic school, they had to announce us as Bayliston because the previous year, the Catholic school got booed off a park when at 12 years of age at half-time. That's a true story. So for them to come out and get the big high ground on racism and bigotry, people in glass houses shouldn't have thrown stones, as I say. You know what I mean? And I, I don't like racism at all, but I just think, is that club to come out and tell anybody about it? They should sort their own club out first before they start to do it to anybody else. No, I agree with you, mate. It's, it's disgusting. Uh, as we've seen with, with Shane Duffy and James McLean, they're big in sectarian abuse and, and that's racism. 
and Instagram are basically papped it under the carpet and know anything about it. So if this has happened with Kamara, UEFA and Instagram and what happened with Ruth, I've got to deal with it because uh, if it's still getting dealt with, it's still going to get out of football. If it's still getting dealt with, they can't keep saying about the knee and this and that if I'm not going to deal with it because how are players ever going to be able to actually relax about all this? I haven't to look, no look at their phones in case they're getting that racial abuse. It's it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. As you say, they've got to, they've got to get dealt with. Um, just the thing that happened last night was it was disgusting. Um, we all we all know we don't want to make rumours, but the chance of the guy saying something to me probably did happen because why would you walk here with your mouth covered to him? It's just nah, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't nah. make it doesn't make good for football. It doesn't make good for their team as well. But it's something that we could talk about for a long time because it's disgusting. It happens too often and. I think it's if it is Sky Sports who deal with it, the deal with the posts, Instagram, UEFA, they've got to deal with it because it's it's getting me on a joke now. People just think that they can go on a, a phone and just say what they want and they think it's all right and it's not all right. Um, especially even if the game is Sunday, we could get beat, Rangers could get beat, whatever. And you know for a fact there'll be somebody that will post something to somebody. Oh, of course. That, it's, it's ridiculous and it's going to get it's going to get absolutely eradicated out of out of football. Um, but obviously, onto the game on Sunday, Chloe, um, Robert was talking about Edward. I think I, I think he owes a, 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 a game where he's really, really, really good. Yes, he scored goals this season, but I don't think he's been the player that we know he can put up to his standard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that can be said for probably all of the players, if not a lot of them. Um, they don't seem to have been their self this season for whatever reason I don't know I've heard Callum McGregor talk about confidence within the team and and having to like focus on just the basics and stuff again and start from scratch so hopefully Edward can have a good game and yeah score some more goals he has done this season so I think he's it's been a strange season for him as well obviously with the COVID situation and his injuries and for France and stuff. So we don't actually know how he's been affected. Um, but I just hope as well, again, that he's, he shows us and Sunday, again, how good he really is, because we all know how good he is. And for me, he's the best player in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, people say it's maybe Morelos or it's Kent or not. For me... Absolutely not. I'm sorry. There's no comparison with Edward and Morelos. Absolutely not. Because for me, Edward's the best player. He's the best player in Scotland, and I don't think more. But but we've spoken about because we've no we've no we've no him, and we should have sold for the amount of money. We're not going to get the value. I know we've had fear, maybe two or three good good years at him, but we're not going to get any value when it looks at a sell on from. Well, it all depends, Ryan, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It's like. Do we sell him right away or do we let a bit more start with a few clubs because there's a few clubs in England that could be doing a striker, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Leicester for a start. There's talk of AC Milan interested in him. There's a few. I don't feel for the for that sort of money, like they're saying 20, 25 million, right? They're saying we probably get 30 odd earlier. Say 20 million pounds. You look at some of the dumplings that have went down in England for 30 million. Mm-hmm. Like Burnley, 20 million. Absolute dumpling. I don't think he would score 
a five-a-side game if you gave him the ball fucking every every time. Um, you've got guys like Benteke at Crystal Palace went for thirty million. Bad again. I just feel down in that English market that there's Jolton that went to Newcastle forty million. Terrible. I feel down there. There'll be a few will be willing to take a gamble on twenty million from him. I just hope it becomes two or three and a bit more, and you maybe get near the thirty mark. Um, I he's definitely going to go in the summer, and maybe a couple of European teams might be interested. What I'd like to see him is maybe going what a wee goal scoring run at the end of the mm-hmm. season, and that increases his valuation. And best place to start is on Sunday. That's where the most of the world will be watching. So I I I still think there's a chance to get quite a decent return on him. I hope so, mate, because I think for for the for the player for the player himself, he deserves a decent transfer fee. Because for me, on his day, he is he is the best one in Scotland. I don't think anybody gets near him. Um, I know people might say McGregor's really good for Celtic or Forest, but I think all around it was get everything, and I think he's just going to get he's just going to go into better better things. As much as we're a big club to us, and can kind of European terms when it comes to money and fan and fan base were massive, but it comes to money and stuff like that, we can't really compete. And if we do get a 25 million bid, 20, obviously due to a pandemic, we actually might need to accept less money than we actually maybe should. Um, uh, which I, I don't know. It's just a hard one, as you say. Do you keep him next season and let his contract run out or do you get 15, 20 million from him? It's a, it's a hard one, isn't it? Try and get him to sign a year's deal and say, look, we'll let you go. I don't. It's a hard one, isn't it? It's very hard. And obviously, talk about Rangers games, Chloe, is there any kind of Rangers games that kind of stand out for you? You've been, you've been to yourself or you can remember watching? Yeah, any of the 5-1 games or 5-0. Um, when Belly scored a hat-trick, that was a great game. Um, yeah, I've had a couple that are that are definitely memorable. I've been to with my dad and family, um, and it's been great. But I would say... Dembele's Patrick that day was my fave. Because I think, talking about the 5-1 games, um, there's the game at Ivox, we beat them 5-1 when PC Lundstein scored that goal. We've had the game, <laughs> brilliant minute. Yeah. We had the game where we won the league basically against them 5-1. Could have been 10-1, could have been 15. It was the same at Ivox. And I think, I agree with you, they're the games that recently stuck out for me because... It could have been seven, nine, ten. It was just we were brilliant, and that's memories that will never leave us. It's memories that will never leave us. And like as he says, Dembele, how how good would it be to have him back? Because it was. I, I just wish as much as people might gain in Cham dogs if you're quite. I think see if we had Edward and Cham at Dembele for a wee bit longer as that trail. I don't know what we could have done in Europe because they were really, really good. Agree the French connection, unreal. It's, I don't know about it. Is people give me obviously noon and really doing well in France, so maybe my opinion is really, 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 really stinking new. But they three, when that I can remember that pre season, they were really, really good. And it t- takes you back to that team again. We talk about it on this a lot that how memorable and how good that team really were. People think because Rangers. He had Senderos and Barton, but as you said before, you can only beat who's in front of you. And what we done in the players we had, it was exceptional. 
With the three boys that you're talking about in pre-season, they looked really, really good. They looked like they were ready to hit a, a right rain of form. And then obviously with Celtic and Bailey and stuff like that. Um, aye, it's, it's like when you're running about your pals and you feel happier, don't you? Mm-hmm. So it was that was the, the connection. But in Cham for me, his career could just falter out, mate, for all the talent he's got, his attitude to me just isn't good enough. In I read about him before he came to Celtic and it was a Italian sports writer. Um, he was in loan at Torino or something like that. And he says, um, what the guy is, he says, he's a talented player, he says, but it's trying to get the consistency on him. Um, he, he referred to his one game in every four where he's good. He says, but if you can get a consistency on him, you'll have a top player in your hands. And to me, he's still a one maybe even less than one in four games now, player. And I think that's the problem with the guy. Um, I don't know if that's down to attitude or he just finds it hard to consistently be good game in, game out. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I hope, as we say, even getting on. Um, so I hope the penny drops from him sooner rather than later, wherever he goes or whatever he does, if he comes back to Selic, because... Gonna fall to a career. On the Cham Clay, what's your thoughts on the Cham? And obviously, do you think he's it's maybe best for us to cut ties with him now? I don't know. I mean, I'll always love in Cham. That goal against Lazio was unbelievable. Um, and I would say that, like Robert said, on his day, he's a great player with having Scott Brown in the middle. And yeah, but I mean, sometimes there would be games where you were sort of like, where is he? Like, he's no, he's no doing what he usually does. I don't know. It's a hard one for me because I hadn't seen that article that Robert was talking about. But I would say that yeah, his attitude maybe, maybe could improve. But I don't know if it's just a maybe like a language barrier or, or whatever when he's over here. Um, but he seems to just keep quiet and and get on with it. But. I'm not sure. I wish him the best of luck in France anyway, and we'll see We'll see what happens. Because I've always, especially last season, I've always been a big, I, I love the guy. I think he's, his talent is, he's, he, I think talented-wise, he could play higher than us, but I, I just don't know if he's, but you said, Robert, I don't know if he's actually maybe, I think maybe he thinks he's made it now and that's him. It doesn't, I, we, we only know bits and bobs about what happened behind the scenes and you only see really Twitter's a good a good feed for it, but it's mainly articles and social media now you see a lot of things. But I just hope that maybe if he does come back to summer and whoever the new manager's gonna be, maybe he could spark some life into him. Um, but obviously Sunday, Chloe, what's your uh, your predictions for Sunday, the last few bit on the game of Sunday? I don't know. Whenever anybody says like, oh what do you think the score will be or that I, I never like to say just don't like to tempt fate, but obviously I hope that Celtic win. Um, and I think we need a, more than a couple of goals, I would say, because the thing with Celtic is that once they score a goal, it gives them that confidence to keep going. Um, and they get a bit of fire within the team and a bit of motivation amongst each other. Um, but then if the other team is to equalise, I feel like Celtic. that's when Celtic start to fall back a bit and start to go on oh, no. And the confidence starts to fade away a wee bit. So I think 
a couple of goals are needed and then at least if the other team score, hope that they don't, but if they do, then we can build on the couple of goals that we hopefully will score. I, 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 you're totally right when it comes to when we can see goals, we fall back into a shell and we just we can soak and it takes us... Or, or if the other team scores first even, mm-hmm. it's it's like, oh no, you, you don't you don't have too high hopes because it's as if the teams start to go back within their cell. But hopefully Sunday they'll they'll do the opposite. Again, I totally agree with you. It's been that all season. It's and sometimes it's took as a goal to actually shut them up. And I think well, but in these games that can't happen. You've got to start off strong and agree with Chloe. We've got to get especially the first goal and try and get a second goal as quick as we can to no kill the game, but as you say, it's put a bit of doubt because they've not really been challenged this season and I think we need to challenge them. Definitely, Ryan, as Chloe says, that the Celtic team have sulked a lot this season and felt sorry for themselves and the fire's not been there if we've conceded or any Kaiser scored against us. I think we'll win the game 2-1, personally. I think Edward will score and I'll say Tumblr will go. That's what I'll go with. And they'll get a consolation near the end. But that's probably wishful thinking for me. But we'll just need to see on Sunday, mate. I think I'm the same. I'm, I'm 2 1, mate. I think we're, we're always liable to score, but we're always liable to concede. Um, I just hope that the wee guy up front doesn't score because I love the fact that he's not scored against us. And I just hope he doesn't. No, 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 no luck about nothing each new score in the last minute. And oh, that would be the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but I just hope he doesn't. Hope we keep them out. I just hope we get a good performance because I think they, they really always a big performance. I'm not saying they're doing, but I'm just saying they, they always have big, big performance because I've known a lot to see about. So I just hope they send into work on Monday and our lives on Monday we're all happy and we wake up with a better smile because let's be, let's be fair, we've, we've not been smiling at all all season, have we? See, just a wee thing here, Ryan. Um, if anybody wants to buy any Sean CDs, um, just um, messages on the page. He's a very talented singer and he's got a lot of CDs out. Um, so if any of you would like to buy any CDs or stuff, let us know. Um, we'll put you in contact with Sean. Um, just because he's come on and done a few songs for his ring. Yeah, I, as, as usual, we'll tag him in his post. Um, he's got a few albums out uh, as well. Obviously, when lockdown's finished, I'm guessing we're singing, singing back in the, the clubs and the bars. Very talented, very, very talented singer, and, and I'm sure if, if you can hopefully get the clubs and bars, etc., it'll be a brilliant night out with Sean singing. Also, as well, I have to mention the Just Us Tim's podcast. Um, they're setting up a five-a-side kind of competition uh, tournament thing. Hopefully, once lockdown's um, finished and the code restrictions are finished, um, it's for motor, motor neuron disease. It's today's funds. Again, it's a lot of people are kind of get affected with this uh, affected by this recently. Um so it's a very, very worthwhile cause. And I, again, hopefully boys at Just Tins podcast can get it sorted uh, once COVID's done. And again, there is a lot of money for a very well worthy cause. But again, thanks for your time, Robert. Boy, um hopefully three points to bang on Sunday and a bit more positivity. But again, thanks for your time. Hail hail. Hail hail. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.